when that T-Rex like turns and looks at you, oh, <laughs> so pixelated, but so scary. Welcome to season two of Context Free. We're going to be talking about uh, card- cardboard and bits, basically. So video games, cardboard games, role-playing games, the gamut. Yeah, the important things in life. Yeah, well, the things that make life worthwhile and great, that absorb your weekends and evenings. and A lot of time lately. It's a good, good <laughs> stuff. Today we're going to be talking about uh, uh, PAX Renaissance, uh, Camel Up on, on my side of the table. And uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy. Dun, dun, dun. So PAX? PAX Renaissance. Um, played this game uh, la- on this Tuesday at my, at my Tuesday night group at Wizard's Chest. And this game is famous uh, for, well, not famous, but the designer, Phil Eklund, is, is kind of infamous for being a... Infamous? Well, a bit, for being an excellent game designer and a horrendous rules writer. Oh, so the games are awesome as long as you're a super genius. Uh, or you know a super genius, right. which is what we had. So yeah. there's a local um, there's a local video cast group that they do videos. They're called Heavy Cardboard. These guys right. in Denver. Uh, yeah. I don't really know them well. Um, but one of the guys from that is uh, new, uh, the guy that runs our group. And he had offered a few months back to come and teach the game to people. And so uh, Sean, who's who runs our group, was... Really, really excited about that because he had gotten the game. I think it came out in the last year, but it's it, there's been other uh, games in this series, and I'll, I'll talk about what it what it is. But all these games are PAX games, kind of a little play. It's not a war game; it's a PAX game, right? It's it's a oh, it's all about preserving the peace. Well, it, instead of you moving the pawns around, you are the pawns. You're the so, pawns. Yeah, things so, just happen to you. you yeah. So I'll get around. so some of the other games in the series. Uh, th- this one's around about the the 1500s. Uh, the other games are Pex Porfiriana, which is about Mexico, and Pex Pamir, which is about uh, Russia and England and Afghanistan. So they're very historical, very scholarly, well-researched games. Like, I mean, the amount of history research that goes into these games is is really impressive. Oh, okay. It's um, a, a lot. Anyway, we had we had someone come by and teach two tables of it, which was which was great. And I had seen the, their video where where they were teaching. They kind of just went through it, you know. It was nice because a lot of times you'll see video teaching videos and it's someone trying to play by themselves, which <laughs> doesn't work. Doesn't always work that well, but this was actually four guys at a table and they had great camera work. It was really well produced. Um, and so, you know, watching people actually play is a lot better than someone trying to be like, oh, and over in this hand, I have this and it's, right. et cetera. Um, anyway, Pex Renaissance is set in the late 1400s through the mid to late 1500s. You are playing one of the large banking families like sort of pre-renaissance banking families like the the fuggers or the did i pronounce that right I, nope no. i have no idea oh okay it's a, the, the, they were part of the augsburg the right. whatever the the medici i don't know what the other two are i probably didn't say medici right either right. um <laughs> but, but you're those right and there's there's the 10 empires all the way in the northwest from england all the way down to uh mamluk uh, turkey you know byzantium holy roman empire etc um and unlike a lot of games where you'd be like, oh, I'm France or I'm England or I'm the Papal States, you know, right. that type of thing. In this game, you are just behind the scenes influencing and you have influence over these different empires. So, so you're you're a banker? Are you a banker? You're a banker. I mean, you're not really doing any <laughs> banking, right? You're not doing any banking. I oh, mean, you like bankers do banking. Well, you're not. I mean, the game has nothing to do with banking. Right. Per se, there's no banking concepts in the game. So you're a shadowy behind the scenes. Yes, you are a shadowy behind the scenes <laughs> guy who is arranging coronations and fomenting jihads and crusades. Oh, nice! And sieges and inquisitions and all of the horrible things that happened during that you know that period Seems about right. of of uh, Western um, history there yeah so you're, you're the iron bank in west Eros, right like yes there we go yeah totally um you know and, and the mechanics in the game are are there's a lot going on there's a lot of decision space in the game in terms of what you can do um it's very complex i mean things really make sense and like i said it's very uh um 
scholarly, like the, the research. So every card, if I could, you know, I'm not going to pull one up, but, you know, it's it's got the things of what it can do. So a card might be um, uh, Jewish pirates as a card, right? That, right. That, that was a historical thing. Or there might be a particular crusade, but it's not just like a generic crusade. It'd be like some specific one. Right. Right. Or it might be uh, Cromwell. Right. So Cromwell's a good example because I can actually probably know a little bit bit about that so with Cromwell <laughs> right what you're doing there is you have this military power to start getting the Reformation going in England right right and so um, and it, it'll have like a whole bunch of historical text on the card and and, and the designer Phil Eklund's done all of this work to really try to get the game to work as a game but also for the various elements in the game to like make sense historically Right. So so there's different sorts of regime change, whether it's peasant revolt or conspiracy or religious war. Right. That, that cause these regime change and kind of what are the, the results. And, and so you can part of the game is, is not just like, you know, punching the other empire in the face. It's like, oh, trying to destabilize it. So then it's ripe for, you know, a, a peasant revolt or or a conspiracy, that type of thing. OK, so it's so I, how are you really moved around? So you said you were kind of buffeted by the the winds of history as part of this game, right? So like, how does that happen? Do you just, your bank loses money or your, your nefarious behind the scenes schemes are exposed? Or... Like, how do you get the options of what to do? Is that well, the question? So, well, you just kind of imply that you, the, the, the game world had a lot of kind of effect on your character or your, your position. Or is, is that not the case? Are you more, just like... Well, another thing I should mention is is the way that you win the game. Okay. Right? So have you ever played Civ, Sid Meier? Yeah, Civilization. Civilization, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're aware in Civilization it's a game that you can win culturally or you can win militarily. I win... disagree. It's always military? Oh, that's only, only that's the only way I play that game. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you may not be aware. but I, I'm aware, yeah. But, but you can win culturally, economically, militarily, mm-hmm. space race, etc. So it, it provides different paths. And in um, which means that that opens up the strategic space of of how you play, right? Because if you play for a cultural victory, you're going to play totally different than if you're playing for a military victory, right? Right. right. Um, in this game, there are four different types of victories. One is an imperial victory, which is basically having influence of the most kings. One is an economic victory of having the most sort of uh, trade concessions, you know, around the whole. Uh, Mediterranean, you know, the whole, you know, like I said, it goes from like Turkey, Byzantium, right, all the way to, to England and, and Portugal. So basically controlling the most trade. There is uh, the religious victory where you have the most religious prestige in the cards that you've acquired for whichever is the dominant religion between Protestant Christianity, Catholicism. And it, well, or, uh, you, you can claim a victory, right? But right. I'll get to the, to the cool twist here in a second. Right. And then there's also the um, the Renaissance victory, which is having the most republics in law type of stuff. Right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so it, it, it really is very civvy. No. In, in, in the sense, no, not at all. Okay. Well, no, it's not civvy in the way that you, you, you play. But anyway, what, right. so what's interesting is that those four victory conditions, when you start the game, none of them are active. And, and the way that you acquire cards and do things throughout the game is there's an east trade route and a west trade route. And sort of like your influence that you're doing stuff in the eastern theater right. Right or more in the the, the Western theater, um, and in each of those things, there's two comet cards, and basically what those comet cards are is you know, like Nostradamus or, or whatever. If you buy one of these comet cards, if you acquire it, you get to choose which victory condition to flip. So there's also a bit of a, a of a tension for well, if this other player gets, you know, goes and is able to get that card, then they're going to go and, and flip for the sort of victory that they're very close to. I want to get that so that I can flip it for the sort of victory that I'm really close to. And you just, you can't win without those cards being flipped for you in your favor? Right. So, right, because the victory condition, say for Imperial Victory, right. is is not active until somebody flips it over. To and there are only active. two of these cards. There's four. Oh. So there's two, two in the East, two in the West. Ah. Right. So as long as... But it's also possible for them to not get bought and to effectively get discarded. Can you, can you buy them and not flip them? No, you have to. Okay. Yeah, so you have to flip something. So you can't take them out of the game. Can't take them out of the game, but what, what's interesting about it is it's not just, it, it's not just, it keeps it from being like the dominant strategy of always go for Imperial. Because if you go for that, somebody could, 
you know, you might not get the ability to ever flip that over, right? right? And 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 so that's that's kind of an interesting thing that I really haven't seen in many games. Most of the times, whenever I teach a game, the first thing I do is I say, "This is how you win the game." I mean, I may not right. do that, but I try to convey what you need to do to win. Right. Have the most money. Have the most points. You know, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, it helps. I think it helps because that's the context you need once you start having the game mechanics explained to you, right? Like, right. So you, why, why is it important to do X, Y, Z? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And, and that's the second thing you usually try to teach when you teach a game is you say on your turn, this is what you can do. Right. Right. And you just try to explain those things. And then if questions come up during that, but you're always trying to say, you know, this is, this would want to do. But when you teach this game, there's not only so many things of what you can do, but you can't even start off and say, this is how you win. <laughs> and so what this leads to is the first time you play this game, the first hour, I would say, you have to have some tolerance for this, which is why this is definitely more of a gamer's game. Right. You have to have a lot of tolerance for just try, being clueless, like not knowing what you should be doing. Well, but there is a there is a defined path, right? It's flip the card correlating to the version of victory that you're aiming for and achieve that version of victory. But you don't even know how to achieve that type of victory, really. Like you don't, it's very difficult. There's a, oh, just there's because a lot, the game is so obtuse, there's a lot of complexity or, okay. in the game. So it's, it's, you know, the, the amount of steps that you would need in order to have the most republics right. is a lot. So it's not straightforward, not straightforward, but at the same time, the game is probably like a 90 minute game, which is really impressive for that <laughs> level of depth. That's what's so cool about it. And that's why I like it because I've played other games like here I stand which I played for six hours and we were maybe 40% of the way through. Ouch. Right. And you're just like, what, you know, uh, the amount of investment for the payoff on a game like that is just totally not there for me. And I refuse to ever play that. It's just emotionally draining, right? Like it's like playing Arkham or or something where you're just. And the payoff isn't there. Yeah. You get six hours and you get eaten. Right. You get six hours and you're like, well, in seven more hours I will be eaten. Exactly. So I, uh, I was explaining it. Um, I was explaining it to Stacy, my wife, and and uh, she seemed you know, intrigued. I think the history aspect of it, the fact that it's so well researched, um, is is pretty interesting. And you know, you almost feel like you're like learning about that era while while playing. Um, and it's definitely a huge barrier because of the complexity of kind of learning it, not knowing. I mean, there's usually people be like, "Oh yeah, I've played that six or seven times, and I'm I'm still figuring it out." So it's. <laughs> it's, it's that type of game, um, which appeals to me. It's just, can I get something like that to the table? And so I feel like I'll be able to get this table. The, the group that I play with on Tuesdays seem to be pretty into it. So I, yeah, I picked up a copy and so I'm looking forward to, uh, exploring that a little bit more, but that's PAX Renaissance by Phil Eklund of Sierra Madre games. And, uh, really looking forward to maybe I'll revisit on a later show after I've played more than one time. Yeah. Well, it seems like something that you have to kind of keep with to really get the feel for, right? Like to. Yeah. And you can play like I, I've, exp- I've talked in the past to you about twilight struggle, which is the, right. the U S USSR cold mm-hmm. war game, very historical cards are very thematic. You know, you have cards like lone gunman and, and uh, um, you know, the, the CIA started stuff like that. And, and that's a game that you can just sort of, I mean, you and I could set it up, and we could play, and we could play terribly, but, <laughs> but things would happen, and somebody would win. And, and you get to the end. And... No, but we would have a fun narrative. You'd be like, oh, remember the coup in Iran? And, you know, we'd have this whole right. narrative that we would probably have a great time with, but it's it's like any game like that. Like, if we put out a chessboard and just started moving pieces around, you're playing at a different level than people that study the game and say, right. this is the opening, Yeah. right? And this And this is what you, like, if you have these cards to start, this is the, these are your options of what you should be doing and there's kind of right ways and wrong ways yeah there's a there's a there's a set of strategies based on the hand that you're dealt with exactly initially and then and then just like in chess it kind of it's it's like you have that <laughs> opening and then okay well what's your counter and right and it's kind of like what's the what's the back and forth uh from from there you know is, is do, are they holding the china card which is literally that's actually <laughs> the name of a card in, in twilight struggle but yeah, it's that it's that type of a game that I think rewards investment of you know just exp- you can ex- there's a lot to explore in the game right right of right. how things interact. There's a lot there's a lot of meat there. A lot of meat there. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know. Is that what, where where does that like are, are parts of that appealing to you or or not appealing or how, as I it, describe something it like is, that? It is. It is. It's it's. Um, 
I don't know. I, I kind of go back and forth. There, there's so many things to kind of spend your, uh, your mental energy for, for figuring those things out on. Right. I think that's why I bounce off of some of the more kind of super technical video games, like the, the, the ones that are proud of punishing you for being terrible and like dark souls and, yeah, type the, games, the dark souls yeah. genre is that a lot of the time I'm just doing it to kind of enjoy, enjoy the experience and be good at something, but not like, I don't want to, I don't want to, you don't want to cakewalk. I don't want a cakewalk, but I also don't want like another, like, yeah. You, you don't want it to become a stress point in your life. You no. just want to have an no. enjoyable experience. No, right. I don't want to throw something at the TV. I don't right. want to, I've never thrown anything at the TV, but I don't want to have the urge to throw something at the TV. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, is it something you'd be intrigued to play? I'd be intrigued to pl- to try it once, yeah. and then I, I and then you could decide. I, I'd be very curious what my emotional reaction of like, oh, like right. how much of my my right. my uh, kind of emotional game energy do I want to? So for me, a big appeal is the the historical research and scholarship in the game. If 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 it oh, were yeah. if oh, it yeah. were this exact game and it were random space races of aliens on some made-up world. You wouldn't be learning anything. I, well, I wouldn't be interested. Right, 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 right. But, but you'd be, all. yeah, it'd be like watching TV, though, in a, in a certain dimension, right? Because like, you'd be acquiring uh, knowledge about something that doesn't exist that maybe wasn't well thought out, right? Yeah. Versus, like, reading a good novel or something. Right, whereas this, I can say, oh, I can see how the narrative of the game is is you know happening like like for instance on the first turn i i was able to gain influence over the king of portugal and and move the trade route so that it came from the spice islands cutting out you know constantinople from all of its trade and dun, like dun, dun. you know exactly and like but that that like sets a a story that you know it's like a counter it's this like alternate history right of yeah or whatever or real history or whatever but it it makes sense for like why that thing happened. It gives you a feel for some real tensions in the real world. Exactly. Maybe even real yeah. historically. Yep. So anyway, that's Pax Renaissance. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's cool. On the lighter side. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, <laughs> quite a bit lighter. So we go from, uh, Board Game Geek actually has a stat that's uh, community sourced. Like pretty much all the, the all of BGG is community sourced. You know, nothing's canonical there. I mean, except for the facts, you know, who designed right. it, year, et cetera. Right. But, but things like, you know, how many players is this game best with is all community sourced. But they have a stat on every game called weight, right? And weight goes from one to five, right? In one, one would be you and I roll two dice repeatedly and just see who has a higher are there, dice count. Are there decimals? Are there like five yeah, point, oh yeah, one point, four point nine. Yeah, so absolutely. Okay, right. good, good. Oh yeah, it's not just one. Two, I mean, you you only vote one, two, three, four, five, but the averages, of course, are or whatever. Four point nine eight seven. So Pax Renaissance is All about right. a four point one, right? And Camel Up is probably about a one point seven. So we're talking on the other side of the the And we're, and we're sure it's Camel Up. We're not sure it's Camel Up. Camel. But, but BGG says it's Camel Up, and Amazon says it's Camel Up. Although the cover of the box looks like it's Camel Cup, and it would make more sense once you describe the game. Sure. So Camel Up <laughs> is a game. I it won the Spieljars a few years ago. I don't know who the designer is. You got to say the German word more slowly. Spieljars. Okay. Game, game of, of the, the year. year. Yeah. Okay. Jahres. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. I don't speak German. Um, that's why I was able to pronounce. Yeah, that's what you, Yeah, yeah. Which I think is better than Fugger. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it matters what rating you want to put on. The more podcast, likely, but... I think it's Fugger. <laughs> So it's probably Fuegger. I don't know. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing it correctly. Uh, Camel Up is a uh, game for two date players. It's uh, it's a really great um, quick game that you can that you can play uh, probably about twenty to thirty minutes. Uh, it's it's easy. Like you know, people can see you playing, and someone can join in. Someone can leave the next game. Uh, it's 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 great for that. It's a it's a race game, but unlike most race games, you don't um, control one of the horses or camels or thing chariot or whatever's ra- doing the racing. Right. You're just betting. Uh, but it really is still a race game. I right. mean, you know, because you have enough influence over what's going on. Um, the betting's pretty simple. 
Um, I like teaching games like this because this is the sort of game I can teach in under 10 minutes because I can say, you know, here, you're trying to get the most money and here's the four different things you can do on your turn, right? You can, you can, you know, make the camels move or you can try to bet on the overall outcome of the race or you can try to bet on the outcome of the next thing that happens or you can do this other thing that influences the camels, right? Right. And it's, a, it's cute. It's got cart- cartoony art. Um, <laughs> it's kind of kind of silly it's got camel meeples it's got camel meeples there's camel stacking and you're obliged to yeah you you actually it's a game play mechanic to stack the meeple the camel camel meeples it is Um, and it's it's kind of a cool one because there's ways for the the camel stacks to move forwards and backwards (laughs) and when they go forwards they jump on top of the camels in front of them if they land on them and if they move backwards they go underneath the camels that (laughs) they went back to um and the camels on top uh are, are the victors I think everyone, anyone who plays this game, I've, I haven't met anyone yet in the times I've played it that says like, this is a terrible game. I, I, I hate this game. I mean, it's, right. it's depending on the crowd. I, when we played it last weekend, it was a little more sedate than I anticipated it right. being. Um, I think you could, we play were too it. thoughtful. We weren't like bombastic yeah. and aggressive. Right. And I, I think you can cheering. play that game with a lot of trash talking. Oh yeah. But that just wasn't happening. We were just glaring at each other and then bidding silently. Right. So <laughs> I think you can probably have more fun with it than, I mean, more party type fun with it yeah, than, yeah, we, yeah. than we had. Um, I mean, I think everyone, would, you know, at a fine time. But yeah, we, we were more trying to like study the math than just be like, your camel sucks. I'm going to go right past you or, or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not seven, like 10 year old on, on Xbox Live. <laughs> trash talk sort of game no but i think you could i, I think you oh, could yeah. have that i mean you do that with anything that sort of thing um but yeah it's 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 pretty good and it's uh it doesn't take a long time so if you lose you can play it again i mean i think it's the type of game where you play it and you're like oh let's play another one like it, it's very, yeah it's very fast once you've learned it yeah yeah, you know, yeah, there's, yeah, not, yeah. there's not that much and, and i don't think you, and i think that's part of it is if you go into it being like oh we'll play three or four you're not so invested in winning any particular one right <laughs> so i think a lot of times we tend to play games that take an hour or whatever and you get a little more invested in terms right. of what you're gonna what you're gonna do i love games that scale from something like two to eight i mean that's an amazing it's an amazing thing there aren't many games that do that and still maintain their character the only other game i can really think of that you can play two and you can play seven or so as, as citadels, um, which is a game I've had forever, um, which I don't think I've played with you actually. Hmm. Um, it's a little bit of a mean take that type of game. Take, take that. It's a little bit of a mean like, game. What was it? Stick up, stick them, stick, stickle, the, the, the German Stickel. card. Stickel. It's, it, it's kind of meaner than that in Citadels. Nice. Well, well, in Citadels, you're picking a role of out of like the assassin, the king, the warlord, the, in, and then you get to do whatever that role is. And if you play the assassin, you get to name, and they go first, you get to name another role, and that person doesn't get to take their turn. So, <laughs> so basically what you're doing is if you're picking the assassin, you're trying to figure out in this, in this different game, this is Citadels, you're trying to figure out what role the person who's in the lead is probably going to take to try to win. Right. And keep assassinating that role. So that person who's in the lead has to be like, are they thinking what I'm thinking? And right. And so, but if that, it's kind of one of these games that if you don't play it right, you can get really angry because <laughs> because the right thing to do there is to pick something else and to not be so obvious. But you're just like, oh, well, that's the thing I need to do to win. It's like, yeah, and we know that, and that's why we assassinated you. Dun dun dun. And you get kind of angry. <laughs> what a great gameplay. <laughs> It is a good game. It, it it really is, but uh it's the sort of thing where I've had people get pretty pissed off <laughs> playing. Uh, when I played with some coworkers. <laughs> so it uh it, it does happen. Uh but yeah, that's that's came up. I didn't go into all the, the mechanics how it works. But like I said, You're it's a, leaving it, out one of the most big. important parts. Oh how right. do you roll the die? The, the toy. Yeah. So this is a great part. So <laughs> so Camelop has a uh, it, it, it feeds off of the nostalgia of the old mousetrap game of like a game that has a prop in it that makes you want to play with the prop more than the game. So like whenever you play this game with kids, the kids are always going to want to move the camels because in order to move the camels, you take this cardboard pyramid and you flip the, you shake the pyramid and it has all the dice inside of it. And so rather than just like 
because you don't know which camel is going to move. So it has all five camels dice inside of it. You, you take the pyramid, you flip it over and you push this little thing so that one dice, only one die can come out. And that's fun. That, that's what counts for fun these days <laughs> is flipping over a cardboard pyramid and seeing a die come out. It's says a one, two, nice three. piece of, it's, it's, you know, it's, stupid in the sense that it's really dumb how human beings can be so much more entertained by shaking this pyramid and flipping it over and then watching one die fall out versus just rolling a, you know some right. die. but it's kind of fun i like i so it's, I, it, I liked it it's appealing in the way that the magic eight ball is appealing instead of rolling <laughs> instead of rolling a 20-sided big thing that says no so maybe I next time i disagree actually i think it's appealing in the sense because it's a very practical solution to a problem it is right? true so it is practical it is a good what solution. you could do is like well next you have to roll the special choose your camel die and then you have to roll right. the uh, like you know and it, you don't have to think about it you're like oh i'm gonna do the thing shake right. the pyramid turn it over ah right because you could have you could have another die that has yeah. all the camel colors and the other one that's one two three but the problem is is that you keep having to re-roll the color die because it already came up right so that would be the yeah or you'd have to do something else later. Or you could have a bag of coins or something you reach into yeah or, you could do that too yeah. you could have like a, i think it's a really good solution to yeah. kind of a just a lame piece like in what would normally be just a lame piece of gameplay right like a right just mechanically die rolling dumbness right like right. and i don't know i, I don't I think it was think very that's clever why, it is clever i don't think the pyramid is why it won the award no but it is no. fun but it is fun no and kids love it yeah so as long as you can keep that thing from not breaking, because it is just cardboard and a rubber band and, and whatever. But the camel meeples are great. I think the other art is silly. Yeah. Um, but it's, 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 I, a, it's a fun game. I, I enjoy it. It's definitely something that if there's a bunch of people over that aren't gamer sorts, like I could pop that out and I know people have a good time. Have you, um, have you looked at Camel Up Super Cup? Uh, the expansion. Yeah. I don't have it. I did look at it. Uh, I, I think it has some, it's one of the, so game expansions come in different flavors, right? There's the more of the same game expansions. They're the totally transform the game, game expansions. And then this one is more like the modular style game expansion where they give you four little mini things. And then it's up to you to choose which ones to add right. to the game. And I think it's that style. And I don't, I'm not familiar with um, what's added to it. Um, yeah, there's a photographer. Yeah, there's a photographer. I'm not sure yeah. what that does. Okay. I think there's one that makes it longer. Um, like lengthens the track, you mean? To me, there's. I don't know that that's a... I mean, that might be fun. I just don't know if that's a game that I need to to complicate. Yeah. I, it just doesn't... It's it, pretty good by itself. It's pretty good on its own, and I feel like just take it for what it is. It's not meant to be a long-term night investment it's like hey bring it out say hey do you want to play two or three rounds of this and right. go and for it it's got a good mix of randomness versus uh strategy too like it's pretty strategy heavy but the order really really matters and how you land in that order really yeah matters, the so. only thing i would like in that is something that kept the 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 camels in the lead and the camels in the back from like diverging seemingly so quickly it always seems by the end of round two that you know it it kind of flips out. One one aspect of the game I really do like is how at the end of each leg that you play, like every, at the, whenever each camel has moved, like their die has come out of the pyramid, that's a leg. And so then all the bets get paid for that mm -hmm. leg. I like the mechanic of where you, you don't really want to be the one who rolls the last die because then you go last on the next round. <laughs> and what, and that, that can sometimes be a disadvantage when you're playing with like, we were playing with like five or I guess we're like five people. Yeah. It could be a little bit of a disadvantage. Certainly with more people, it's definitely a disadvantage to not go to be like seventh on the next round. <laughs> so in that case, you almost want to do something if you think it might get you some money rather than being the last one there. So, uh, but I think, I think camp is a, is a great one that you can play as a family. It's a great family game. Uh, definitely could just play adults. It's, it's really kind of a, it's a, it's a for everyone. And that's why those are the sort of games that win, Spiel the ours. I mean, that that's exactly yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Um, flexible, family. flexible. You know, they're they're fun. It's actually funny that that and King Domino both were yeah, yeah. were winners. So talk about that next time. So that is Camel Up, not Camel Cup. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you are not a PlayStation owner. Uh, I'm not. I've had an Xbox of some sort for uh, 15 years. So I, I got I got the PS1 when I got out of college. Uh, I guess got the PS2 when I needed a DVD player. <laughs> uh, so now I'm on the PS4. Um, what happened to the PS3? I, I had a PS3 and okay. one, I still it's still it's still plugged in actually and mm. accidentally it turns on every once in a while. Which which one have you been most happy with in your first year of ownership of those? What what a very specific question. Well, like which one was like wow, this really is you know like cuz I never so I didn't have a game console as a kid like so, um, so for instance like the 360 from the regular Xbox right. huge jump to the one not the same type of quantum jump. I feel like the jump from the, the two to the three was pretty big. Okay. Um, but that was like the HD jump too, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, you went from kind of the old kind of crappy CRT to, you know, a 40-inch. I got a 40-inch TV, and I immediately bought a PlayStation 3, so I could have something to plug into because I needed a Blu-ray player, right, because I had this HD thing, and I wasn't going to pay for HD cable because I don't watch that much TV. So um, I, I liked the three. I thought the three was good. Um, Sony's terrible at user interface design and a couple of the things, but uh, the three introduced me to, you know, some of the the Sony exclusives that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why that Xbox versus PlayStation, and I guess the Wii exists. So well, it was always a no brainer for me because I had a group I played Halo online with, like Halo right, Two right, and stuff, right. and Halo Three for the longest time and then now i don't i don't play that those types of games anymore and i kind of regret not getting the ps4 but at the same time i've gotten to play some backward compatibility stuff right so there's a little bit of that lock-in and i I, i'm just sad that it seems like sony's gone ahead in terms of the indie game availability on ps4 compared to xbox right you think it's better you think it's better on the ps4 definitely seems like there's more on the ps4 really um it seems that way. I've had the the different reaction, but it's because I've seen some kind of horror games that I think I would like on the on the Xbox. Though. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, yeah, I I don't I don't actually know hmm. what that what that kind of breakdown is, but I think it's probably the three, just because that HD jump was so okay. so big. And the three is the corresponds with the three sixty. I think so. What is it? It's the the Xbox. Because the there's Xbox only one. The Xbox three sixty. It was Xbox Xbox three sixty Xbox One. Okay. There's, oh yeah, so I don't know the Xbox. It, the Xbox is the PS2, yeah, correlate. Right, right. So I think Xbox sort of straddled the PS1, PS2, right, era. Yeah, and then the, I don't have my generations down. I had a Dreamcast in there somewhere, but <laughs> say good Dreamcast. But anyway, you have a PS4. So I have a PS4, and one of the series is that I really enjoy. Like my, I I really have always enjoyed the Resident Evil series, but that's um that's not kind of the the playstation exclusive mm-hmm. sort of thing uh and they kind of got really really bad for a while um but on the playstation 3 um you have the the uncharted series and i guess now it's released for the four um and that's part of they're made by uh naughty dog which i've uh, never played one of these or really ever seen one yeah, so is it Indiana Jones? Yeah, it's 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 uh it's it's young Indiana. It's not young Indiana Jones like the 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 thing, but like you know, if you're a a twenty something, yeah, wisecracking gotcha. dude that yep. was Indiana Jones, um, and who shoots many more guns. Uh, so yeah. tomb, the later Tomb Raider style so, game again. So that's that's where I was going to go. So I think this kind of was derivative to a certain extent of of Tomb Raider, just thematically and mm-hmm. um but <laughs> from from like uncharted one two and, and and three um they're much more so when you just when you say like tomb raider i think of the modern tomb raiders is rip off of these games oh okay and as like kind of a i don't want to say a bad rip off but a ripoff that loses a lot of what makes these games really good for the most part. Mm-hmm. So they're not open world with exception of this Lost Legacy thing a little bit, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, but they're all, they're really cinema, 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 C- cinema, 
Cinem- cinematic. Cinematic. There you go. Very Don't cinematic. overcomplicate things, man. Just cinematic. Just cinematic. You were trying to fit a graph in there. Somehow. I was cinematographic. You were trying to go topic. Uh, they're really cinematic, and they transition really well. So they're PlayStation exclusives, right? And they're made made by Naughty Dog. And for this hardware, and, and Sony's had some freaking weird hardware, mm-hmm. uh, and they, um, in each generation, they, they seem like they're the company that is the showcase of the, mm-hmm. the PlayStation hardware. Right. I've, I've always been a little jealous. I'm like, oh, those look like fun. Like, I think I would like them a lot. Yeah, no, they're, they're good. Well, meanwhile, so, I'm, I get Forza 5. <laughs> Didn't they release Forza on the PlayStation? I don't do racing. That's the racing. I'm just saying, cars. like, like Xbox always is like, we have Forza, and I'm like, don't they have? Is it Metal Gear? Is that the is that the Xbox? They thing? Gears of War. Gears of War. Gears, Gears of, of War. War. No, Metal Gear. I have. Never mind. Gears of War was actually a hell of a lot of fun to play. Yeah. Uh, couch co-op. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. This... Pull out, pull out your chainsaw gun, and oh yeah, <laughs> chainsaw gun. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, we're going for kid friendly now. Well, that, um, that's why I don't play those games anymore. Yeah, I can't have yeah. blood splattering everywhere. <laughs> and, Excuse me while Daddy murders this yeah, person with a, chains, with a chainsaw. Gun. I can't do that anymore. Oh God. Um. So they're really cinematic, and they're pretty, pretty linear, uh, narrative wise. So unlike, uh, you know, the Far Cry or or um. Oh, Far Cry is not linear. No, well, Far, I've never played. Far I, Cry. I played Far Cry three for a little while, and it was like super open worldy. So, um, ah. oh, sorry, we we're talking about Far Cry. Yeah, Far Cry. Sorry, that's the one with like dinosaurs and jungle that's, type. Of I stuff. think that's four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, one of them's one of them's the next one is like American, set in America. Okay. Um, but anyway, they're really the open worldy sort of things, and you explore sections of the game. So these aren't. Aren't this was the way. problem with Halo, by the way. Yeah, is, is that that's all you play? It's just open world. No, no, you just played Halo online multiplayer. Oh, and, like you it. just never learned to play other games. If that's <laughs> what you played, because you just played that. The multiplayer for that, the 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 format for it was so well done. It was just like I don't need to play a different. Game. Right. But anyway, you're like I'm in my. I'm but in that's my why zone. I just never got exposure to a lot of these other shooters because I played that to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, these are also uh second person i guess or sorry third person okay. right so you have a you have a little dude that's running around oh, right, right right jumping yep. on things and so they're yep. not really uh first person Far Cry was first person though. Yeah, yeah yeah um so but these these are very narrative and when i say they're they're very cinematic like your transitions from cinematics to gameplay mm-hmm. are almost always completely smooth like the camera will settle on your character and you'll start moving right? right like it's 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 always really done well the environments are always amazing okay. just like like interactivity is that what you mean they're, or they're, just what they look like they look amazing they're usually fairly interactive you can do you know a couple things but like i said it's not open world so you you're you're you know going to be in a in a specific sequence of the of a game right you're going to be stuck to you know you know, a certain small area. Mm-hmm. Well, depending on the game, but, uh, or, or, you know, a certain sequence of hallways or whatever else. So you don't have a whole lot of flexibility, but you have a certain amount of flexibility in like style, right? You can be more stealthy or you, you get can... to customize your character. No. Okay. So there's no character customization. Is there like, do you collect things? You do, but you collect things more in a like Assassin's Creed where you collect eight thousand pieces yeah. of art and yeah. oh my god. Yeah. Well no 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 no, no 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 no. Okay, so now I know what you mean. I thought you meant like the flags in Assassin's Creed. Well Assassin's like, Creed has twenty different types of things you collect. Yeah, it's, no. No. That game it's, just This this has like silly. little kind of hidden treasures around the area where you okay. go find things and you're like, Oh, I, you found the the you found a ancient so coin. That, Congratulations. Is that Easter eggs? Uh, I'm sure. Okay. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean <laughs> I've found them. Um, I I can't think of any, especially in this this latest one. Um, but yeah, it's mainly and single player only. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And it's it's really it's really good. They have another uh game called Last of Us, which I have a poster for up on my wall. Um, 
which oh, is that's what that is which is which is kind of known as a uh yeah i didn't know what that was i thought that was some movie i didn't i know heard of or i know i i bought it just as a random thing to put in there because it was like six dollars to get like a silkscreen poster and i thought it was a pretty good six dollar poster um but yeah so naughty dog also made last of us which is one of those so it's like resident evil it's a very legendary game. It's a survival horror style game. Yeah, right. Um, but I would say it's nothing. There's like, like a woman Resident with a shotgun, Evil. and it's very brown. There's like a tone, 13 so. year old girl with a with a rifle. Oh, it's a rifle. Okay. Um, it's like a shotgun. I mean, I can't see from here, but I'm pretty sure it's a rifle. Uh, and then there's uh, this kind of father figure character, and it's a very, very narrative driven game. It's a lot like. Uh, a lot like uh, the Uncharted games, except kind of more adulty, right? So like, okay. um, and less like clever, clever, quippy. Kind of more like a emo- tugging at the emotional heartstrings sort of thing. Yeah. Um, which is why if you watch the trailer for the second game, which doesn't come out for like a year or two, people are just screaming when they did the the mm. release for that game. So, um, but that is an amazing game. I think I played Last of Us like four times. Wow. <laughs> So going um, back to Uncharted, yeah. uh, it is is it's not replayable. I take it, like you well, play through it. I mean, is a movie rewatchable? Like it's it's replayable. there's not different paths. There's, I mean, of course you can always replay. I'm just saying there's not different paths in this game. There's not like different classes to play. It's like you no, go through, you no. experience the narrative, the cinematics, right. which are top notch, right, and and you enjoy the the hell out of them, and 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 that's. This great experience. What's the length on a game like that? Oh God, I'd have to go look. Like Speaking 15, of which, 15 hours. That site that I just discovered. The today. game links, yeah. Well, the thing I sent you today. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what it's called, but like <sighs> game links dot something or now we have to. Look how long it up. does it last? Is how that, long? I think it's called. How long does it? What a bad name. I don't know something like that. Anyway, it's it's a site that has crowdsourced information <laughs> on how how long it takes. How people. long to beat dot com? How long to beat? Yeah, how, how long? long be? t- That's how a long better name than the one I thought of. So, yeah. uh, let's let's ask it. Uncharted. Oh, so it's a site that, have that have has type. info on how you know polling people that submit their information on how long it took them to beat to get a hundred percent on various games. Which now that I know about it is an awesome resource because you can look up something like Skyrim and it's like, oh, are you a completionist? Oh, this will take you two hundred and twenty-two hours. <laughs> and that Divinity Original Sin that I'm playing is like 130, which just makes me happy because I'm like, oh, that means I have a ton of game left to play. Jeez. So if I look at this, if I look at this length, um, they have four four options. They have main story. They always have main uh-huh. plus extra, right? Completionist and all styles, right? So most of the Uncharted games, if you're completionist, are about 20 hours, and if you're main, that's pretty good. Main plus extra, it's 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 10 hours. Uh, they're all about 10 to 20 nine, nine to 12 yeah. in that, in that range. They probably take me like 15 or 16 cause right. maybe I'm bad at games. Yeah. Um, I'm and, really slow at games. Yeah. I mean, I'm beginning to think I am as well. Um, oh wow. The fourth one is 15 hours for the main story. 27 and a half. Is this the one you have? No, oh. the one that I have. So I, I feel like I'm giving way too much just context. So the main character of the first four games is uh, Nathan Drake, yep. who is his clever quippy. I've heard that name. Yeah. And um, so they're all like Uncharted, Drake's Deception, un, you know, Uncharted, Drake's Fortune is the first one. Um, and the fourth game ended, and it was very obviously like an end to his, like, being a character in the games, right? Yep. Um, it was very obviously a resolution to his character. Uh, and in, initially, I thought Naughty Dog wasn't like they were like, "Yep, Uncharted's over. Thank you." <laughs> and then they announced this game, Lost Legacy. Uh, and so there, there are two female leads to Lost Legacy. So uh, the main lead is Chloe Fraser. She's like the love interest from the second game, who comes back later and later, and she's kind of a uh she's she's very she's she's tomb raidery right mm-hmm. she's more she's yeah. more proud to be a thief mm-hmm. um she's mostly proud to be a thief um uh, but she's like a main character and she's uh she's she's very fun and and uh very quippy but uh 
not as not as brotastic, obviously, as as uh, as Nathan. Nathan Nathan Drake's character is. What's interesting, you describing these games, a lot of times I feel like there's been series that I liked, or I liked the game in a series. And then it felt like over time, it, the series broke down. They tried to change it. It's like a band that comes out with this great first album, and then maybe the second album's okay, and then after a while, it's like they're they're trying to be different. And it seems as though Uncharted for you has kind of held your attention and, and, and hit what it does well over time. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at you, Prince of Persia, Sansa. <laughs> well, it's gotten a lot of criticism. Um, oh, has it? Yeah, and it's okay. got a lot of cri- like There are people that really hate you know, some of the games. But you and, seem to look like... I think they're... You, yeah. You, you know, know, I look at it this way. There are a lot of $60 games. And of the games that I've spent $60 on, mm-hmm. I've n- zero of the Naughty Dog ones have I been like, wow, what a waste of my money. Yeah. Right? They, all of them, I'm like, wow, that's a really fun game. Yeah, there are weak parts to them. Some of the control schemes, mm-hmm. especially in the earlier games, are, are kind of not as good, right? Um is the, is the narrative good? The narrative's the narrative's it's good in the way that yeah. you know Raiders of the Lost Ark sure. has got a good narrative, right? right. Like, but but I mean, you, um, do you do you listen to the dialogue and or read it or however it's conveyed? I mean, do you bother? Or yeah, not? yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, yes. It's not Diablo where it's I like do not get me skip. to the killing. No, <laughs> so um, I I uh, a while ago I like got why Diablo even has <laughs> dialogue. I do not know. It's because someone doesn't understand what kind of game it is. Um, uh, so I, I got a uh, metal gear cause I'd never played a metal gear game like, like last year, like last summer I got metal gear solid, um, metal gear crap. I'm going to forget it. Uh, I got one of the latest metal gear games. I don't do stealth games. No, I don't do what? No, I don't do stealth games that are not turn based because inevitably I step out of the shadows and then somebody kills me. <laughs> That's the fun. That's the fun. Um, so I got, I got Metal Gear Solid Phantom Pain, and I never played a Metal Gear game. And the the first, I think the first, the beginning of the game is like a 25-minute cutscene. Like, it's like you want to die. Like, you're just going, like, when can I start playing the game? So I don't, I've never skipped uh, on, uh, or on a first or second round of playing uh, Uncharted, one of the... Nice. One of the biggest. Right. So, Un- Uncharted Lost Legacy. Who, it, you would recommend this for people who like what? Like what other games would kind of fit? So that's a hard question for me because I think I don't play enough games. Um, just, just really into narrative games. Into you know, okay with feels you know, like a slightly shooty games. Really cinematic. Yep. Um, not too hard. Obviously, you can dial up the hardness on these yep. games. Because uh, they have, you know, like a, a crushing level. That's right? a great topic we'll talk about sometime. Is difficulty? We'll yeah. talk about diff- just yeah, dialing just, them up. No, just talking about game difficulty and having a dial and and why you turn it. Oh yeah, I think it'd be a good. T- oh yeah, good thing to talk no, about. No, no, it's good. Um, so you know, by default, they're they're not super hard. There yeah. are sections that are kind of crappy, even on normal. Um, just because there's like large masses of people shooting. I mean, there's you. hard, and then there's sometimes where it's just obnoxious and unfair because it's not designed well. But it depends. Yeah, this is this is not what this is not one of those games where you have to study the game mechanics on the internet for a while to really kind of figure out. And is it also the sort of game where you have to go on the internet to be like, where is the MacGuffin? Almost never. That's, I, that's I, good. I, I I I'm sure it's happened to me. Yeah. Um, but I can't think of an occasion where that's happened to me playing those games. I mean, you have you have one or two guns. You often have a grenade. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and you're running around jumping. Oh, and there's a lot of like, uh, what is that? What is that sport where you run and jump on things and uh, do backflips and land on uh, parkour? Parkour. It's not parkour, but it kind of feels like parkour because you'll just run and then I'm jumping and then I'm sure. climbing a mountain and then I'm jumping another thing. So yeah. he's probably all the characters, the most athletic characters of all time. And then last question, yeah, you I mean, you brought up Tomb Raider a little bit, which is shooty, but Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider was Tomb Raider because of the puzzles. Yeah, like the original Tomb Raider. Like I'll never forget like the Sword of Damocles room, for instance, in the old original, you know, nineteen whatever ninety. Uh, 90- what was the original year? The original Tomb Raider was it like ninety four? I don't know. Oh, you should look it up. I don't know. Um, I'm looking at the Sword of Damocles room though. Oh, great! Yeah, but, but just the puzzles in. Uh, you never played the original. 
I played it a little bit. Honestly, I don't remember that much about uh, it. I remember some of the puzzles, but that yeah. that probably that, not the original. That either. game ha- left a serious impression on me. That was that that kind of blew my mind when I first played the first Tomb Raider. So there's a uh, when that T Rex like turns and looks at you. Ah, <laughs> so pixelated, but so scary. <laughs> So there's a, it made me think of like one of the earlier Uncharted games. I don't want to keep talking about like the older games, but yeah, they're, they're full of puzzles uh, and kind of ancient, ancient things to go manipulate and, and, you know, things that cool. no, so there are a lot no of puzzles. one, oh yeah. That's awesome. And they're all like, you know, you have to climb a, a, a yeah. thousand foot tall thing and, you know, yeah. move things around and things and, and, and everything is constantly collapsing and dropping you and you might die. In yeah. I second. mean, you can't have a Raiders of the Lost Ark style game without that because Raiders of the Lost Ark has puzzles. Yeah. It has the, the map room yeah. and the, in the steps in the last crusade. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's, that's part of that yeah, genre, the, the darts in the very first scene yes. of the, yeah. It, yeah. And yeah. in, in the, in the bag, yep. in the bag of sand yep. and the golden and the golden head yep. thing, whatever that is. Right. I mean that that's the hallmark of the genre, so you have to have that stuff. So that sounds fun. I, I would that's a game that I wish I had a PS4 just to like try it out and, and play it because yeah. I don't know that there's a similar style of wow cinematic you know, of that style on, on Xbox. I mean on the Nintendo, you know, the new Zelda one is, mm-hmm. is definitely in that thing which I need to I, I need to play. But um I can play it on the Wii U actually. I have a Wii U. <laughs> so, anyway. Cool. Wins. Yeah, so it's great. It's different in that uh, I just want to add how this game is different, right? So we have the new characters, mm. uh, and so you don't know the characters, so I won't go into them very much, but uh, you have different main characters that are related to the original series that were kind of minor secondary characters. But there's there's a couple sections of open-worldy things, right? So like a large map where you can kind of drive around and, and find puzzles and basically mm-hmm. go through puzzles and get shot at. Uh, but otherwise it's an uncharted game, which people seem really disappointed by. And I'm like, this is like, why would you be disappointed? Hmm. And you went to a Raiders of the Lost Ark movie and it turned out to be Raiders. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's mysterious to me. Um, so I love those games. If you have a PS PlayStation, you don't have them. You should play them. So next time, dun, dun, dun. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about Wolf Among Us, which I've been, I also want to hear about the Edith Finch game. Yeah, from you next time, yeah. so I'd, I'd be they're they're similar in a lot of ways. That's why I thought maybe you could hit those together next time. Yeah, which, sure, which would be All good. Right. And um, on my end next time, I am not sure what I will bring up, but I have plenty of choices, and I will think about it. So we'll just see. I hadn't planned for next time yet. All right, next time. Context Free is a contrarian content production. Find out more information at contextfree.fm along with our show notes. Our theme music is Chocolate and Cocaine by Lorenzo's Music. Find out more about Lorenzo's Music at lorenzosmusic.com.